Aging is a fact of life and affects all families. As adults, when imagining our parents as seniors, we may not fully understand the extent to which their aging will affect them and us. I'm Prakash Chandran, and in this episode of Magnolia Matters HealthCast series, we'll be talking about how to provide quality care for the elderly. Here with us to discuss is Marquetta Trice, Director of Home Health and Hospice at Magnolia Regional Health Center. Marquetta, thank you so much for educating us today. Thank you, Prakash. I'm certainly happy to be here. You know, this is a very timely topic for me because my dad is 78 years old. And like I said up at the top, he's independent living right now. But I constantly am asking myself, you know, should I have this conversation with him? Because he's not always going to be this healthy. So I'm assuming I'm not alone in this. Can you talk um, a little bit about the importance of planning ahead and having these discussions, especially as children? Absolutely. I think that it is vital to have the conversation, especially when things are well, because as the nation moves towards wellness, um, I think that's important, but it's also important to have a well-thought-out plan um, in the event that long-term care um, is needed. So let's talk a little bit about the plan that you're talking about. Let's say I'm going to go see my dad this weekend and I want to have this conversation with him. What are some of the things that I should address? I think that First and foremost, because this is going to be important to your dad, um, his make sure that he has plans for anything um, of his personal, of his finances, um, but then also his medical um, status, meaning um, he may or may not um, have already had the conversation and decided that this is what I'd like to have. Um, what I'm actually talking about is like an advanced directive or a living will, Um for the medical care as to what he would like to happen to him in the event that he were to get sick. Um, that's really, really important. Um, power of attorney is also a conversation to be had. There's a um, power of attorney over finances as well as a power of attorney over medical care. Um, that would be a really good starting point. Um, and then the what if questions, I think, would kind of take place because if he just has a bout of illness and would need other services, maybe that the community may offer, you know, how willing would he be to accept that? So I think that would be the very starting point for having a conversation. And it would be in the now, you know, when things are good, I think it's a perfect time to have those conversations. Yeah, that is very good advice. And you know, after you know going over those things that you're mentioning with him, there seem to be so many different forms of long-term care, such as you know home, um, adult daycare facilities, nursing homes. Can you tell us a little bit about the benefits of each of them and when they might be the most appropriate? Absolutely. Um, of course, of course. If you were to ask your dad today, dad, where would you like to have care? He's going to say home, definitely, because there's no place like home. Absolutely. Um, however, in intermittent or times when there may be just a sickness or an acute episode going on, there's um, service, a nursing service that's, of course, covered through Medicare. It's called Home Health, of course, which is one of the services that we provide. That is medical care in the home, supervised by the doctor, provided by nurses and other staff members to um, get the patient back to where they need to be. Um, on the flip side of that, um, sometimes there are situations where there's illness that um, is terminal or determined to be terminal. Then there's another service in the home, which is hospice, and hospice uh, immediately takes care of providing and improving the quality of life versus uh, the quality. And this is important because the same team um, make up with nurse and aide along with 
chaplaincy and social work is able to provide um, pain relief and comfort to patients, um, along with providing tips and tools on how to grieve and how to express um, from both the patient and the family members. Moving outside the home, um, there um, is an intermediate, I would say, position in assisted living. Oftentimes, um, parents don't want to be a burden on their children, so they would elect to go into assisted living. This is provided where um, they're still able to maneuver and get around, but just have supervision, just have assistance with things like meals and meds. Um, and of course, this is at a cost to, to them, but it's an opportunity to, for them to be uh, independent, however, to have supervision. Um, nursing home, I think, would be a, a step that would take, it's more like a long term, that this is the opportunity to go um, 24-hour nursing supervision on um, meds under doctor supervision, um, provided activities. Um, there's a whole activities of daily living, um, including therapy. So basically at this point, this is an, um, of course, it's a, it's a long-term opportunity, but it's usually when there's more medical care needed versus the um, independent living suite that I spoke about earlier. So I think that every individual may have different thoughts as to what they'd like to see happen, but I think it's important to discuss and make sure that mom or dad understands each option so that when it comes to that time that they can kind of tell you what would work for them and what would not. I guess cardinal in this whole conversation, Prakash, is that we have to hear from them what they would like and what they would not like. That's vital as well. I'm so glad that you said that. And I'm also really glad that you broke down um, the different options, um, you know, because I know that when I speak with my parents about it, I have brought this up a couple times. They just feel they're just like, you know, not right now. We're completely mobile. We're moving around. Um, but you know what? It's it, Marquetta. They live on top of a hill and it's something that I, mm -hmm. I'm concerned about. And I don't know that they can necessarily afford uh, that in-home help. So, you know, for the people that are hesitant to leave um, or they their parents are hesitant to leave, you know, how might you help them overcome the fears um, of, of leaving to get care outside of their home, a, a place where they've been for so long? One thing I can tell you this, um, you'd have to actually have the conversation with them to kind of erase the myth. Because believe it or not, there are myths to things like nursing home and all they probably would remember are the hurls that they may have heard. Um, but the conversation, um, just being able to provide information in regards to the activities and the services that will be provided that are like home. Of course, it will not be home. There's going to be a transition regardless because from going from the place that they've known for many years. But I think if they're able to go in wide, eyes wide open and understand specifically that it's going to be for the benefit of them, um, if there's a safety issue or if there's just concerns um, with them living alone for whatever reason, I think having that discussion while they're still at home um, and then talking about what's to be come of their home, things like that, but here's the thing. I think it's very important because that's like a scary thought for a parent. So I think to break the ice would be, you know, I want what you want. I think it's important. We're good now, but just what in the event of kind of sort of breaks the ice and allows them to kind of speak to what they would like. Of course, 
you know, there's a chance that they're going to say absolutely not, and that's when the challenge comes in and you have to kind of be creative. But I would certainly suggest having the conversation before you get to that need basis. Yeah, you know, I think I think what I'm what I'm hearing from you is make sure to have that conversation early and often um, with the ones that you love. And if you're listening to this and you're elderly, just to be a little bit open minded, because there are a lot of myths uh, out there around nursing homes, and it, it isn't what uh, what might be in your head around just you know people and no activities going on, and you're just siloed by yourself. I think things have come quite a long ways, um, you know, in in ten, twenty, thirty years. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is when to make the transition. So if if we're talking about not in-home care, if, if they're leaving their home, you know, and they're independently healthy, do you have a rule of thumb that people can follow around, okay, you know, maybe when there's a health incident, then we move outside of the house or maybe at a certain age? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I most certainly can. Um, actually, it's going to be based upon every individual situation. But to pinpoint a little closer to that and bring it closer to home um, for each individual, um, there are times when there has to be thoughts and decisions made, um, especially Medicare, Medicaid recipients in regards to ownership of their homes, um, transfer, things like that. Those are things that uh, Medicare.gov is definitely a good opportunity to take a look at because possessions, they definitely want to be able to have those conversations and make those accommodations in order to um, have plans in place for their place of living. But um, I guess at the same time, once that conversation is had, um, there's not particularly a rule of thumb as to when or a certain age. I think it's specific. You know, to give an example, you know, um, a a fall with a broken hip is probably going to include a surgery and a hospital stay. And most times case management within the hospital under the doctor's um, request is going to look towards rehab, which would be a short-term stay in a nursing home where they receive physical therapy on a daily basis. Um, and Medicare recipients, of course, will receive those for like 20 days. Um, that would be short-term. And so that's going to be a what if. What if I fall and break an ankle? Because nine times out of 10, elderly are going to have to have some rehabilitation post-surgery. So you know, you may have a short-term situation like that, or there may be a bigger situation, for instance, a stroke that leaves them unable to function where they may by have to resort to nursing home stay. So there's not particularly a rule of thumb. However, I think it's based individually, but I still think that it's important and to answer those what-if questions and to pose some what-if questions to your parents, just to kind of see that, to make sure that they're pretty much understanding the way things go. I think that also it's important as children for us, and I'm an example of this as well, to get as much Medicare, Medicaid um, information as possible so that I can answer those questions in regards to that my mom may have in regards to what happens to my house, et cetera. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because when we hear about long-term care and these different options, we just think about how expensive it can be. So it's good to know that there are are resources that we can look into to help facilitate some of this. Um, You know, finally, if I wanted to learn more or my parents wanted to learn more about this, where can they go to just find out more about elderly care planning? The wonderful thing, of course, the internet has outstanding resources. Um, there are actually facilities that you may look up in um, Medicare.gov um, 
particular facilities, for instance, Linwood, um, within your local area, sometimes have a page that will kind of talk about the things that would lead to this and and would uh, offer printable resources like the advanced directives and things like that. Um, most importantly, if your parents ever have a stay within the hospital for any particular reason, and I always advocate this, um, if they have to go to rehab for short term, always ask for the social worker because she is their number one advocate for looking at things like working out even short-term plans, but also long-term plans for both the patient and the family. Really good advice. So look out for that social worker if something like that happens. Absolutely. So, well, Marquetta, thank you so much for this advice. It's been extremely helpful for me, especially in how I'm going to speak with my dad this weekend. Um, I just wanted to know for our audience members, is there anything else that you wanted to leave us with before we sign off here today? Because I just hope that there has been something that I've said to spark interest, to spark questions, to spark some conversation between parents and children um, in the what ifs and what we can do and how we get there um, to help with long-term care planning, even thoughts of that, because it's definitely a very important subject. I couldn't agree more. And like you said earlier, I think the most important thing is to start having the conversation soon and making sure that their voices are heard. If you're the child and if you're if you're in the elderly population, just being open-minded to everything. So Marquetta, thank you so much. For the rest of you, for more information, please visit mrhc.org. My guest today has been Marquetta Trice. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thank you so much for listening.